But you know, my name's Pastor Tom Truex, or just Tom Truex, Tom, I'm not a pastor honorific or anything like that. Uh, I was called to Faith Bible Community Church in Malala uh, about, well, we moved here in November. And we came 2,500 miles from Michigan. I think it's around 2,500 miles. And yeah, that was quite a trip, taking my family out all the way and everything. But we truly believe God has us out here for a reason. He wants us to do something. Uh, one thing to think about is, uh, before we get into the main message, what is success? You know, because a lot of people are like, you're, you're absolutely crazy moving all that way and not being sure of anything and taking your family out to a place you've never been. I'd never been to Oregon until I moved out here and uh, all those things. And success is whatever God does. You know, so many times I, I, I have thought in my, from my human eyes that I failed, you know. But was one person reached? Was one person set free? Was one person changed? Did one person come to the Lord? If, 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 if even one of those questions can be answered, yes, we had victory. So that's why I stand here today. And I'm super excited. I'm so thankful to the rest of the local pastors uh, who asked me to come out and speak. I really appreciate that. It's a lot of fun. And uh, I will say, man, worshiping with you guys has been amazing. Being in a room full of men worshiping, the, the depth of voice and it just reverberating, that's been Incredible. So I guess before we get into this, let's pray. Lord God, we are confident that you have a purpose in us. That you have called us. Your word is sure. It says that you, you've called us to a purpose. That you've saved us to good works. That you've called us for a reason that we all have a purpose to walk in and lord i just ask that we would be excited for that that we would live life in light of that lord we've heard some incredible messages from your word about how to man up how to be the man of god that you've called us to be you've you've shown us that that we need to step up in our lives that we, we need to pursue you first and foremost you've shown us lord that we need to sacrifice and love our children in a way that is contrary to how the world has tried to raise us to. Lord, I ask that we would be different from the world in that area, that we would be loving, gracious, merciful, pursuers of truth, kind, patient. All the fruits of the Spirit, Lord, would be evident in us as men and, and that we would show the world what what it is to be a godly man. Lord, let us lead our families. Let us lead our lives well and for you. Lord, as we come to look at how to man up in mission, how to, how to pursue our purpose, I just ask, Lord, that you would open our hearts and minds and that we would really take care for what is in your word. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So my topic... Man up on mission. That sounds fun, doesn't it? Man up. Love that. And on mission, right? We all have a purpose. And speaking of that, what is God's purpose in your life? For years, almost since the faith began, we have struggled with this concept. What is God's purpose for my life? Unfortunately, 
We have often neglected opening our Bibles to what it is that the Lord has purposed for us. Instead, favoring some kind of mysterious, vague impression that often leads us away from trusting what God says is our purpose in his sure word. We're going to bounce around today, so just bear with me. Romans 12, 1 through 3. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And I believe that's only to verse 2, actually. But I uh, had some typos. My wife wasn't here, and she's usually the one who takes care of my typos. <laughs> so present your bodies as a living sacrifice to who? To who? To God. I got to hear this. This is important, guys. Present yourselves as a living sacrifice to who? God. Our bodies, our lives should be wholly set apart for his service, acceptable to him by faith. I want to look at verse 2 here. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We're going to touch on a couple of topics today to, because to man up on mission, to understand our mission, we have to know some, some basic things. And I really believe often we, these things get neglected. One of those things is decision-making in the will of God. How do I look at God's purpose for my life and how do I come to that knowledge? And what's interesting is, is when, we, when we decide those things, we forget that this is God's word. We're told all scripture is God-breathed. Now that word in Greek is, is, and I'm terrible at pronouncing Greek, theonoustia, which literally means God-breathed, right? It's, it's, it's actually all scripture is inspired is how it's translated, but it literally means God-breathed. And that means every time that you come to this, you know, everybody says, I want to hear from God, I want to hear from God, why am I not hearing from God? Have you opened up your Bible lately? Because this is in fact God talking to you. Every time you read it, you know, it breaks my heart sometimes. You'll hear people say, well, you know, I read my Bible, but I'm just not hearing from God. And that breaks my heart. You are hearing from God. Sometimes God wants you to just listen at this. Amen. You don't need the extra stuff because all you're trying to do most often is justify something that you've read here that you don't want to do. <laughs> and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How do we... Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Man, you study this. This is what you do. This is, this is what it's called to. You study this. You, you don't be lazy. You get to this. And you're going to hear me say that a lot. But here's what's interesting. If you continue on, it says that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We are men of faith. We're supposed to live by faith. We're supposed to live out our lives by faith. When we look at our purpose, it's supposed to be a walk of faith, okay? What, is, what takes more faith? To read something in here and do it, or to hear a voice from God and then do it? Let me ask, just what, what, what do you think takes more faith? Just reading this takes more faith, because this is something that you don't have that awe experience from. 
This is something that you don't, you know, get affirmed in. It's simply black and white. You read it and then you do it, right? I, I would I, I would say that this that is the kind of faith that God is talking about that pleases him. I mean, think about it. You look at the 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 uh, Roman centurion. I, I can't remember where I saw this just recently, but I, I saw somebody go through that. And he, he comes to Jesus and he says, Lord, I, I need you to heal my servant. And you don't have to come to my house. You you can do that even if you don't go there. Right? That was unaffirmed faith. He just walked up to Jesus and said, I know if you say it, he will be healed. That's the same kind of faith that it takes to read the Bible and say, you know what? I'm going to do it. Because the truth is that we find the will of God in his word. You can make every decision that you have based on the word of God. When we, when we understand what God's word, when we understand God's word, when we dig deeply into it, when we are studying it day in and day out, we can live a life confidently because we make decisions not by how I feel about things or what God has made me feel about things, but by simply judging it based on the word. And that's every decision. And you're like, well, Pastor, how, how, do, you, how do you make a decision like uh, which car I buy? Well, I've seen, I have actually spoken to some uh, other preachers in here when they've talked about their vehicle choices. Well, I, I look at the car and I say, well, how can I best utilize my resources for God's purposes? Okay, if this car fits all those qualities, praise the Lord, you can get it. Well, what if you have, you know, I, what, the thing that I like to say about this particularly is it's important for you as men to know what is righteous and what is not. But what if you have two righteous decisions? Well, what do you do then? Do you, do you pray? You, you, you should pray. Absolutely pray. But oftentimes it gets presented to us that we should, you know, wait and hear this, this, this word, word of God in our, in our hearts. And sometimes God can prompt us that way. But I would, I would say that that is not necessarily the best method. Hear me out. And if you believe different, praise the Lord. That's okay. We can talk about those things. But I would actually say it's better to choose from righteousness. Say you have two good things. I had two good things. I had a choice to make. I had two good things. I, I could stay in Michigan where I was, or I could go to Malala, Oregon, where I, was, where I felt I was being called to. Both were good choices. Both had good qualities. So how did I know I was in the will of God? Well, if I have two good choices, both are God-honoring, I choose one, and I believe that God honors it. I believe that through my renewed mind, as I pursue righteousness, God is, in fact, going to work. I had a Bible professor who, who, who said it this way, and it changed my life forever, how I started to live for God. He said, when I consider the will of God, I don't stop at a choice and, and, and look out and, and say, Lord, which one would you have me do? No, I walk forward by faith, and then I look back and see where God has led me. That totally changed my perspective. You know, we talk about putting out fleeces and everything. That was actually a, a moment of doubt, not a moment of faith. That was testing God. God, I, should, should I really do this? Well, of course, he knew he should really do that. So when we come to understanding the will of God and how to move forward, we go to his word. We dig into it. We say, okay, I have this choice to make. This is a righteous choice. I choose this one. This is, this is a selfish choice. Probably shouldn't choose that one. When it comes to the scriptures, you are not allowed, men, to remain ignorant. 
You are not allowed to decide studying God's word is too hard. In fact, as men, you should rise to the challenge, embrace the difficulty. You should enjoy the struggle as in it you are forged steadfast men of God. I can't tell you how many times I've heard, I'm just not good at studying. I'm just, I'm just not good at digging into the word. I'm just not good at reading. Get good. My, my son says that all the time. I guess it's something that they say normally now. But seriously, do it. Well, yeah, it's difficult. Absolutely, our culture has taught you that difficulty or struggle is a bad thing. It is not. Difficulty and struggle is one of the best things in your life because that is what God uses to change you. Man, it is so important that you are taking time to dig into his word. Because, to be honest, if you're living for affirmation of, of that, that, that word, that nudge that God's given you, and you never graduate or grow up or mature beyond that, there are going to be times where you're completely floundering, stuck, and God is not answering you because he expects you to do the work yourself. To grow up a little bit. That's why we're here, isn't it? The world would have you believe that struggle is bad, that the essence of evil is difficult circumstances, but that is not a biblical worldview, not a worldview that should be embraced by the body of Christ. James 1, 2 through 4 says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, but let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. The struggle is good. One of the people breaking all the time because we tell them they shouldn't have to struggle. That's wrong. If you're raising young men and you're telling them, oh, you know, you shouldn't have to go through that struggle. Baloney. God uses that struggle to forge a man. God uses that struggle to forge you. If you've been hiding behind excuses, if you've been shirking responsibility because it's too hard, stop it. This isn't made to be a gentle message. This is made to call you out and say, hey, man up. In the struggle is what blesses you. We all know this. We've all done jobs. We've all worked. We've all dealt with life. And every single time you've gone through adversity... You come out stronger. It may take a while. It may hurt beyond hurt. But you will come out stronger because God is faithful and his word is sure. So, roundabout way to say, what is God's purpose in your life? How do we know? We consult the scripture. Matthew 28, 18 through 20. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Amen. Mm. The last thing Jesus said for ascending, right? Go therefore and make disciples. And what, what I love about that, guys, 
is he's not just saying go and evangelize. We get stuck on that. For years, you know, we had those big tent revivals, and they'd make a whole bunch of babies in Christ, and then they'd throw them out on the street. And then we wonder why the state of the church is now where we've got a whole bunch of immature Christians, many leaving the faith, floundering around and, and, and completely messing up. Why did the world get to the way that we did? Well, because Jesus didn't say go and evangelize. Evangelism was a given. He said go and make disciples. That means you're supposed to be raising each other up in the faith. That means you're supposed to actually take and mentor other young men and be mentored by older men who have gone before us. That is vitally important. When Jesus was saying this, he says, no, your, your base service is evangelism. Open your mouth and share the gospel. But then come alongside those people that you're evangelizing. Love them and show them how to be like Jesus. Is this the only place that scripture tells us this? No. In Acts 1, 6 through 8. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord... Will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, It is not for you to know the times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. You're his witnesses, you're his ambassadors. You have a duty. And it's not yours. You know, too often we think that God's will for my life is whatever I desire. Like, if it's going good, it must be, it must be what God's will is. You know, oh, I'm so blessed and I've got all these things and I'm doing all this stuff. It seems like God, Jesus is making a point here. There's a mission. There's something you're supposed to be doing. You know, and, and one of the things that I love is, is the graciousness of God. Because he, he tells you to go make disciples back in, in Matthew 28 there. He tells you to make disciples, but notice he says, uh, all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. He's, he talks about his authority. All authority has been given to Jesus. And at the end of that, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So you're not doing this alone. You know, it can be a terrifying prospect to, to get into somebody else's life, to speak up and share the gospel, to do those things that you're called to do. It can be terrifying. But do you know you have the Word who spoke things into existence there for you always? You're human. Yes, you're going to have those fears, but He's with you. This is the purpose of the body of Christ, to evangelize and make disciples. This is what you are supposed to be giving your life for. Regardless of if you are a man or a woman, you are called to this purpose, the purpose of the church. Too often we believe that our purpose in God is whatever we want, we, we have a good time at doing. God is not so small to bow to our desires. He calls us to sacrifice our desires on the altar of his righteous purpose. I think that part of the issue of losing ground in culture is that we have taught men that God's will is whatever gives you peace and victory in life. If you are not evangelizing and not making disciples, you are not doing his purpose no matter how much peace you feel. Peace is an emotion and you can trick yourself. Let me, let me be clear on this. 
You can be working, you can be being a productive man of society, you can be providing for your family. If you are not evangelizing and discipling, you are not fulfilling your purpose in the body of Christ. But, but I'm not gifted as an evangelist. It doesn't matter. And we're going to talk about that. Before we get in that, though, I, I do have a little story. There was a young man that, that came to me, and his, his household was completely disheveled. Everything was going wrong. His wife was thinking about leaving him. And, and it all started about two or three years before that. He believed he was called to move to another place in the country where he had no relatives, and he had no, you know, safety net or anything. He just believed he was called to go there. So he picked up his family. They had absolutely nothing. And they drove down there. Like, okay, you were, you were called to go there. Well, called for what? Called for what? Were you supposed to go and find a church and become an evangelist? Were you supposed to go to find a church and plug in and, and become a discipler? Why did God call you there? Well, what do you mean, why did God call me there? You see, the calling of God always has a purpose. And he just said, well, I feel like God wants me here. I think it was Tennessee or something. I just feel like God wants my family there. And it was an absolute disaster. Because our feelings can be tricked. Our feeling, I had a, another professor that I loved dearly, and he, he would say this often, he says... He would say, uh, what was it? Your feelings are not reality. You should be feeling reality. But this young man had been duped by people who would continually tell him, well, if you feel like God wants you to do this, you go do it. Without testing the scripture. Without seeing, do I actually have a purpose? And his family was destroyed because of it. Missed a slide there. Romans 8, 28. And we know all that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. Say it with me, guys. The called according to his purpose. We know that we have a purpose in Christ. We know that we are or what we are called to do. What we don't know is how that will be manifest, manifested in our lives. The Lord has given us gifts within the body of Christ, and we work into his purpose of discipleship and evangelism through that gifting. What that means is that we are all appointed to the same purpose, but have different roles, different methods for accomplishing that purpose. 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 11 says, There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. There are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. And that's very important that you understand that for the profit of all part. Because that means the gifting is not given for you only. 
Now, can your gifting benefit you? Absolutely, it can. But it's not given for you. It's given for the profit of all in the context of the body of Christ, in the, it, it, which means that that gifting is given for the purpose of the body of Christ to be fulfilled. Whether that's through evangelism and discipleship and both, somehow your gifting is going to work towards those purposes. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another the workings of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. See, the important part, we're all going to have different giftings. And, and, and I, I had some, one of the pastors, when we were in the pastor's <coughs> meeting, uh, bring up this fact. Well, how do we know what our gifting is? That's a difficult question. It's hard to answer sometimes. But my favorite way of telling people is volunteer and you'll find out. Do something. Step up. Man up, right? That's what we're supposed to be here about. And you're going to find out your gifting. The Lord will use that to show you. He'll often show others who will come to you and say, you know what you're really special in? I know, that's scary because then they're going to want to use me more. Yep. <laughs> the important part is that we are indeed pursuing God's calling. Yeah. See what I get for not having my wife? There it is. No, no. All right, I have another verse in there. I don't have a slide for it. Sorry, guys. Colossians 3, 23 through 24 says, And whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. Whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord, not to men. Knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance for you serve who? The Lord Christ. So whatever you're doing, you can be serving Jesus. But I have to express that it has to be pointed at his purpose. Now I said before, you know, you can't just do whatever you desire and, and think you're in God's will because it's going good. All right, that's That's true. But you can use your gifting, use your desires, if you're pointed towards his purpose. I mean, there are so many things that we can utilize, so many gifts that God has given us towards these two purposes. It's absolutely incredible and mind-boggling when you think about it. I mean, if you're gifted in making money, fund the church mission. I had a friend in Bible college, he, uh, man, he... He got good grades and everything, but he was excellent at business. He, had, he was an entrepreneur. I mean, he was barely 19, I think, at the time. And he had three businesses, and they were flourishing, and he was just very good at making money. He didn't end up pursuing ministry. Instead, what he did, he plugged into a church. He served there, and he funds the church as much as he can. Is he pointed towards God's purposes and what he's doing in his entrepreneurship? He is. He is. If you are gifted in making friends, be an ambassador for your church. As a minister, I'm, that's that, I'm actually not great at peoples, believe it or not. It's not my best thing. 
kind of awkward, but God still works through it, and he has me gifted in other ways. But I was talking with, with Matt Greenwood last night, who spoke last night, and uh, he is a people person. He is very gifted in relationships like that. He can come up to him. I was watching Tim yesterday. It floored my mind. He just walks up to everybody, and he's introducing himself, and he's very happy. And, and, and I, was like, I was watching him, and I was like, you know what? I need to take some lessons from that. And so I started watching him, and I started going, you know, I, I, can, I can learn a little bit from that, right? So not only was he serving people and in, in his, in his serving God and his friendship and ability to, to make those, foster those relationships and foster those conversations, he was also discipling me. By using his gifting in such a way that I can look at that and say, man, I need to change a little bit to be like that. If your workplace is full of darkness, be the light there. Maybe you work a nine to five. Maybe you're in, in, in a, a logging mill or, or a factory. Man, those places are, are, have spiritual darkness, don't they? You are the light. You are the missionary for better or for worse. God has placed you there. Use it. Use it. Change your mind and think about all the many ways God has for you to be on mission. And then step up and do it. There are so many ways you can move your life to Christ's purpose. You don't have to wait for things to be right. Serve him where you are. Serve him where you are. I promise you, God has a way to use you. I promise you, God can do incredible things through you. But you have to be on mission, on his purpose, and you have to step up. You have to man up and do what he's called you to do. Believe when he said, go into all the world and make disciples. All the world. Be his witnesses in all the world. Be his ambassador. I have one more thing that I think is vital that I need to point out. Our purpose in Christ isn't just a job. It is a duty. This duty is not one of peace and ease, but is in fact the duty of soldiers in a war. Ephesians 6, 10 through 12. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Men of God, we are at war. We are at war. When the pastor calls you to pray and you refuse, you have stepped away from your duty. I'm not going to mince words here. Sometimes we tiptoe around these things, but I'm, I'm going to be truthful with you. Pastor says, hey, I would like you to pray. And you're like Moses before God. Yeah, but I've got a speech problem. No. You're like, no, I'm not going to do it. You've, you've stepped away from your duty. When there is need for volunteers and you decide that it is important, you have left whoever did it to be vulnerable on the front lines to legions of demons. 
Do you think, you know, when, when the church, when your church gathering does something and you don't show up, you, do you think, oh, it's, it's okay? You know what a hole does in a, in a shield wall? Causes it to fall. God has you there for a purpose. Step up, man up, and show up. When there is a study, you have become AWOL when you believe other things are more important than the battle your God has called you to. When you don't open your mouth to your unbelieving friend at work, when you don't share the gospel with those around you, the enemy smiles as, they, as if you have retreated. Churches die when men don't step up. It is a war. Make no mistake. You are soldiers, like it or not. You have a calling, you have a purpose. And your general, your master, your Lord has said, do it. When there is a call to pray and you step up, the enemy frowns. When you lead your wives and children in the ways of the Lord and the fruits of the Spirit, the enemy screams. When you come alongside another young man and encourage and inspire to serve in the faith, the enemy becomes nervous as our armies become stronger. When you show love, grace, and mercy to your foul-mouthed co-worker, and then open your mouth and proclaim the gospel, the enemy flees, losing another victim he has in his grasp. Joshua 1.9, have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So, my brothers, get out, of, get out of your comfort zone. Stop hanging out where you feel good, where you feel safe. We're in a war. War is not safe. We're in a war where we need to step up. In the military, there's a joke that goes around. And no, I've not been in the military. Maybe some of you have, and you'll, you'll understand this that I've been told about. But um, oftentimes, a commander, a CEO will come in and say, Boys, we have an opportunity. What does that mean? Voluntold. Voluntold, right? Yeah. Or, or, oh, man, we've got stuff to do. Malala is a stone's throw away from Portland. Portland is a dark place. You have a choice to make. You can hate your enemies. You can scorn those who are living life in a way that you don't think they should. You can make sure you don't mess around with those people. I mean, in Malala, you see it, right? Or you can see it the way God does. It's an opportunity. Somebody asked me, why would you move to here? Well, I'm excited. What is God going to do? How is he deciding to use me? How can I be part of his work? 
Because if he's bringing me here to a spiritually dark place, he wants to do something incredible. He wants to change a life. He wants to show a community that he loves them. He wants to push back the forces of darkness and see a culture change happen. He wants to see families thrive. He wants to see men step up. He wants to see the paradise that we all dream about, but for some reason, don't go after. He wants us to go into the world and make disciples. Put on your armor and man up on the mission God has given us, his church. The infinite God of all the universe is with us wherever we go. Let's pray. Lord, I fail often. Your grace and your mercy remains. But in that, Lord, my desire is that I will step up, that I will shine your light, that, Lord, when I walk in this world, that you will, they will see you, not me. Because I will be following you in such a way that mirrors your love. Lord, that I will love and play with my children, that I will love and be understanding with my wife. Lord, that I will be diligent to pursue you. I know in, in myself, in me, I, I cannot do those things, but you can create those things in me. Lord, I ask that that would be true. I ask, Lord, that I would man up, that I would live for your purposes that I would love my children, that I would love my wife and everything that entails, and Lord, that I would be about your mission, that I would get to see you work in a mighty way, and I believe, Lord, that you can. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen.